Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Yes, we do. And sometimes we talk about the uh, insufferable singer songwriters who create them. Uh, I am the insufferable Sarah D. Bunting, and I'm here, as always, with the inimitable. Mark Blankenship. Hi, Mark. I'm going to imitate a chicken. Clock. I don't know. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Why not? Um, it's better than imitating an elder statesman, which reminds me, Mark, what are we talking about here in episode 142? Well, we got a request from our listener, Sharon S., who said, I was in a store this week buying Valentine supplies for my daughter, and Don Henley's The End of the Innocence came over the in-store st- uh, radio. I had to complete my shopping and couldn't escape. What a pile of dog shit this song is. And I say that as someone who grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia, and has met Bruce Hornsby several times because Williamsburg is small. Even Bruce does not redeem this awful, awful song. Please discuss. And we thought, well, that's a compelling argument. And uh, here we are talking about Don Henley's The End of the Innocence, which he co-wrote with... Uh, Bruce Hornsby, and which almost exactly 30 years ago in 1989 reached number eight on the Billboard Hot 100, and whose parent album, also called The End of the Innocence, would chart for more than two and a half years, sell six million copies, and eventually be declared by Rolling Stone as one of the 500 best albums ever made. This and other mysteries continue to baffle the human mind and heart. And before we go any further into those mysteries and perhaps leave our sanity there as well, let's listen to a clip from Don Henley Gets Sad Because He's Old. I mean, wait, a song called The End of the Innocence. I'm sorry that clip is so long, but I just wanted to make sure everyone was reminded how goddamn long it took Professor Henley of the Reagan years to get to the fucking point. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, here's the, I, here's the, since daddy had to lie. Oh God. I'm not sure I get it, Mark. Do you think you could explain it to me? Please oh. take longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh God! Also, just... also, thanks, Donnie, for still <laughs> finding the time to turn this into a song where you grossly ogle a woman as well. Well, and also, like, lay your head back on the ground, uh, offer up your best defense. I- I'm sorry, 
You've just spent most of that verse talking about what a basically like political rapist Ronald Reagan is. Are you preparing to fight this woman? And if it isn't about physical defenses, if he's saying, offer up your best defense about why America's soul hasn't been thrown into the shitter. About my Don Splaining to you about um, the, by definition, corruption of authority. <sighs> it's like, the thing. offer up your best defense. Nope, this is the end of the innocence. And it's like, the, the, the bathos in this song, the just lacrimose crying and like mommy and daddy used to be here for me it's like yeah bitch everybody feels nostalgia but some people can discuss it artfully like don't come for me well and this like um the you know noble pure america that used to be is now america with a k like he's totally that guy who would insist on spelling it with a k his whole it's like he adopted all the like turgid humorless um like mid-century masculinity tropes of Sam Shepard without fucking understanding them at all, <laughs> grafted them onto this Bruce Hornsby sound, which like Bruce Hornsby is much more like, like him or dislike him. I don't think a lot of this stuff has um, aged well. I am super embarrassed that Mandolin Rain was my favorite song for like two years, but <laughs> he's also like very open about, he's like, this is who I am. These are love songs. There's a lot of piano and I have a skull at fight me. Like he, he's just who he is. But Don Henley, like the, the play on words, if you can even call it that, I don't want to, um, like between, the um verses like daddy had to fly daddy had to lie and then i think at the end daddy had to die i stopped paying attention by that time it's just so like wake up sheepily and like like nobody else figured out that the 80s were like a real problem in terms of the promotion of human compassion like Willie Nelson got there well ahead of you and yeah. actually raised some money for the people that you're fetishizing. He's just so annoying. And then the album, okay. Are you going to talk about the cover art on the album? Um, first, I'm going to talk about the Apple Music liner notes, which I told to fuck off out loud in my office the other day. Yes. The album, quote, <sighs> I'm not sure I can get through this without laughing. Pray for me. Greets the dawn of a new decade with a sadder but wiser sense of reflection. You know what I say about that? Fuck out of here with that. <laughs> now we can talk about the um, poetical ponytail with a performative forelock pulled down over his skeptical brow. Also, also, also... He's squatting against a house, holding a cigarette jauntily in his hand because he and he's dressed all in black. So he has basically cast himself as a fucking brooding beat poet whose heavy, heavy soul is meant to inform and educate us all. Offer up your best defense yes. to my pomposity. That's you shall the, not that's survive That's really what bugs the shit out of me. Like, in, it's meant to inform and educate us all. Now, I will say... That, like, by the way, guys, this is the end of the innocence. Like, if you're enjoying yourselves here in 1989, you shouldn't be. Wake up, sheeple. That, like, this is what I don't like about him generally. I will say 
that I sort of had always felt this way about him. And then I watched that two-part Eagles documentary and like, I think he's a little more like self-aware and has a little more sense of humor, at least as of when that was filmed. Um, But he was like also, now he's in the mode of like slicked back hair, string tie, Lyle Lovett guy. Like we already have a Lyle Lovett. And if I had a boat, if I had a boat, I would push you out of it so that you would drown. Just kidding. I don't hate him that much. I I think that he is maybe a little less um, uh, finger wagging in his take on things now, but not a whole lot less. Like he still wears a whole lot of chambray and looks like a Richard Ford author photo all the time. <laughs> and there are some legit Girl! good songs on this album too. Like I, I, a lot of them I'm sick of. And I agree with Sharon that it's like the end of the innocence. It, it's also too long on top of that. Like get to the point. Like we get what you're saying. And this corrupt old man that we've elected king, like, who could that possibly be talking about? And here I feel like is the trap that so often these liberal scolds allow themselves to fall yes. into. Yes, that's exactly it. Thank you. It's If you're a liberal scold and your mission today is to tell people that they're <laughs> wrong to be happy, and Twitter has certainly become a petri dish for the liberal scold who operates mm. in just this way. I feel like often how can you enjoy hedgehog photos when the world is burning down? Like what better time? Exactly. But also I feel that when someone is in that mode, they have decided that the people they're speaking to are stupid. And so Mm -hmm. the things that they're saying are so blunt, unsubtle and obvious that it makes them seem like fools. Why should I listen to you? Professor Don, as you called him before, if the best that you've got for me is, Who knows how long this will last? Now we've come so far so fast, but somewhere back there in the dust, that same small town in each of us. That's all you got for me? That we all sometimes feel like we have a yearning for a small town when things were simpler? Yeah, there's an art movement called primitivism, motherfucker, and that's really complex too, and also troubling, but at least it's pretty. I just, ugh. It just, ugh. There's just like... I'm actually like getting twitchy about it. There are just songs on this album that are, that are, because they're just taking like a little slice of late 80s ennui, are much more effective at communicating that whole than this like fucking postmodern civics 101 lesson that's like, look, I was in a super group and played stadiums and people died. So let me tell you how to feel about politics. Like, but really, guy who accidentally smuggled hashish across the border in Joe Walsh's bag. Granted, that was Joe Walsh's fault, but you weren't exactly all that mad about it at the time. Also, you had a perm. Don't tell me how to live. Um, but like the last word <laughs> you had a evening, perm. Don't tell me how to live. That's well, right. I had two perms. I didn't tell me how to live. Fuck <laughs> off. But the last worthless evening is. It's so funny because Les Worth This Evening is like apparently about him trying to like hit on Michelle Pfeiffer by bumming a cigarette off her and it totally failed and he got clocked by Jack Nicholson like to his face, which I love that story if it's true. Um, But it's like there is this sense of like everybody's getting older and just sort of trying to 
and like operating from this defensive afraid to lose posture and that song is much more like unscolding and sincere and compassionate about people sort of feeling alienated and bummed out by whatever it is their personal relationships the world at large whatever um new york minute is sort of like that like that's that's a little bit much it's sort of life in the fast laney that Mm. it's like you know buy a ranch in montana and get back to the land like i don't want to do that i don't want to drive 55 minutes to a 7-eleven don mind your goddamn business (laughs) i just feel like don henley is constantly judging me at all times like i'm gonna go downstairs and put some things in the dryer and don henley will be like um really you should take the fitted sheet out and dry it separately so everything doesn't get stuck in there like you know what uh, uh, you do that how if can you've got you so much possibly time, how can you possibly think that your fabrics are worth softening when there are so many people suffering in this world yeah now here's the other thing that i find <laughs> just cosmically infuriating about the oh existence. you're using a you're using a heated clothes dryer i see yeah <laughs> pardon me while i smoke Okay. <laughs> Not in the house, Don. They're American spirits. Get out. So here's the other thing <laughs> that I find just so cosmically upsetting about the existence of the end of the innocence. Don Henley already wrote an excellent song about the disillusionment of the baby boomers in 1984, and that's The Boys of Summer. Why? Yes. Why, when you've already done the song very well, would you then do the shittier, less sophisticated and interesting version? Because The Boys of Summer is about this exact same thing, but instead of making grand statements that we're all supposed to kneel before as though they're nuggets of wisdom, he just very, very specifically describes something that is happening to him on one day when he's at a beach where all of the Boys of Summer have gone home, and now the beach is just sad and lonely, and then he drives home from the beach and feels thinking about all of the people he used to know who aren't there anymore, and then he realizes that he has seen a dead head sticker on a Cadillac, which is the perfect distillation of people who once had hippie values becoming corporate materialists don't look back you can never look back and that's it and then he leaves like a much grander mythological allusion yes orpheus et al that's like thank you these are specifics that become universal and even the, the, way- the innocence is bromides that are annoying. Sorry to interrupt you like five times. But you're so, com- so but you're exactly right. Bromides that are annoying are what we're left with. And even <laughs> in Boys of Summer, he still, because I guess he feels like he must or can't help himself, he still has an objectified woman in the song. But mm. at least when he talks about her, he's just like, I can see you, your brown skin shining in the sun. You got your hair combed back and your sunglasses on. I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the Boys of Summer have gone. That is actually, I have always felt more about him remembering his own youthful impetuousness and the lies that he told her, because of course he doesn't still love her. He can, it's like, he, it's, it's all part of the past. And it's like, he's actually critiquing himself in the way that he remembers her. And I don't think that any of like, anything like that is going on when he's telling his girlfriend that she can do her best to tell him that he's wrong, but then he should, she should shut the fuck up and listen to him be brilliant. Yeah. So, Sharon, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end of The Innocence. But before we leave, I do have to do one more thing. Because 
I have for a long time, much in the way that you and your brother have turned every song that you've ever heard into a fart song. <laughs> I have long ago so in my mind rewritten this song to be about um, erectile dysfunction. <laughs> and I really only had one line of it written for years, but because of this episode, I have decided to flesh it out a bit and I'd like to perform it for you now. Okay. I used to make my baby mad. All I had was small and sad. But now I'm pitching trouser tents. This is the end. This is the end of my impotence. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of my <gasps> impotence <laughs> oh tell me viagra wouldn't make a fortune oh they would but he would never permit it because now i'm pitching trouser tents this is the end and of my impotence <laughs> 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 tickled myself Uh, wake up sheeple (laughs) well because seriously the next thing that baby boomers got upset about was how their dicks didn't work anymore so it's just a natural progression Mm. but with viagra you can get hard in a new york minute Oh! oh and now i'm stopping the recording Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.